Today, I want you to open your mind, open your mind to the possibility that one day we will make contact with an intelligent civilization in outer space. We have in our possession a flying saucer. It's being flown to higher headquarters. There is a lie being told to everyone. They're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, the space program made contact with. Do you believe are we alone? Is there life after death? This is the Paranormal Show. Introducing Marvel Man and your host, Sarah Martinez. Hey everyone, welcome to another Paranormal Hour of the Paranormal Show for Friday, December 23rd with your host, Sarah Martinez. Uh oh. Little reverb there. <laughs> okay, I'm getting feedback, little ninja. Technical difficulties. <laughs> I can totally hear myself in the background. I don't know why. Hello there. Courtney's cracking up. Okay, I'm getting feedback, little ninja. Technical difficulties. I don't think it's on. I can totally hear myself in the background. I don't know why. Okay, we're having some uh, technical difficulties. I have no idea what's happening. Everything's plugged in like it's supposed to be. But you know what? We are live for the first time from Roswell. Maybe that's what's happening right now. Uh, this is uh, really weird. But you know, weird things do happen in Roswell, New Mexico. So today is such an exciting time. We have, we have two lovely guests. They are going to share their stories and uh, enlighten us with some teachings and... Uh, share some other scary stories. Connection. No, went on. It's really, really well. Oops, I almost got hit by a microphone in my head. Uh, but anyway, I'm so excited. We are live for the first time oh, yeah. from New Mexico, powered by Lost Talk Radio. The Paranormal Show can also be listened to. On the main at blogtalkradio.com slash paranormal, and you can also find us on iTunes. For our two hour Christmas special, hopefully, we can figure all this uh, out. <laughs> I've never done the radio um, outside of uh, Austin. We normally do it in Austin, Texas, that's our hometown. Well, we decided to go crazy this time for a special event from Roswell. Hello? <laughs> I'm laughing. It'll be an inch going wild here. Marfa Man, can you hear me? I'm on. 
Okay, hopefully I don't get any feedback anymore. How are you? Me? Yes, who else? How are you? Sorry, I'm doing good. I'm just now figuring out. I, I, I was hearing about 10 of you a few seconds ago. I know, it was crazy. One of those, this has never happened before. But again, like I was saying, we've never been out of our hometown. This is the first time ever trying to do a radio show well, you, from... You are in Mazda, uh, so there might be a spaceship or two on top of you. Well, yeah, and then you're not here in the... Stu- well, it's not a studio. We are in a hotel room, creepy hotel room downtown Roswell, and uh, it's snowing like crazy outside. Uh, we I almost like didn't there. make it. <clears throat> we almost didn't make it, but um, we went snowboarding this morning, and it was beautiful. Beautiful. I had so much fun. But we made it do? about a... I did great. <laughs> For real? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was so much fun. I I wasn't ready to come home, but then I I got excited because I thought okay I have the show tonight I have something to look forward to and I have some awesome guests and we have a two hour special. I wish you were here. I really wish you were here. I know we love that trip. I wish we could have made that there with you, but we've we've done it a few times. I know. Are you on speaker? I don't know. Uh, I'm on Skype. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. We'll work what we have. Um, this is crazy already. Uh, and hopefully the internet, the hotel internet works okay. So, should we go for it? Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, if anyone is listening, we are so glad you're joining us tonight for our two-hour Christmas special. We apologize for the initial technical difficulties. Sometimes it happens, especially when you are live. We have a very fun show tonight, and we are going to talk about things out of this world. No, literally, out of this world. On the first hour, we are covering anything from the awakening, ascension, star seeds, Live workers, cosmic energy, Kashic records. Um, there's a lot of things out there that are information mm, that nobody knows anything about, and I think everybody should know about it. Why not? I like it. The more I find out about it, the more I'm into it. So hopefully you will too. And on the second hour, we are talking about UFOs and alien experiences. So if you have any comments or questions, give us a call. The number is 818-532-9739. Again, the number is 818-532-9739. Don't be shy. Give us a call. So before we introduce the guest for tonight, how about we listen to a little bit of Weird But True, Marfleman? All right. We can give it a whirl. <laughs> All right, everyone, this is your Christmas Weird But True. Weird But True. Happy holidays, y'all. This is your Weird But True with Marfa Man. All right, Georgia, William Robert Robinson, 56, was charged with reckless conduct and is charging a firearm on someone else's property after he opened fire on a tree that held a mistletoe. Robinson said that he was merely following a holiday tradition when he used his double-barrel 12-gauge shotgun to knock 
the plant out of the tree outside of a mall of all places. This is what he said. Every year I go somewhere to get some mistletoe to decorate the house, Robinson told the station. I get some for my friends and they can't and, and that can't get mistletoe. The best way to get it was with a shotgun. Well, apparently in some parts of the uh, country, it's a tradition to shoot uh, first and decorate the nature. So uh, he said he does this every year, but never in a mall parking lot. Uh, Williams was surprised he was actually getting arrested. Um, so what they're saying is, is uh, there's a new tradition in Georgia uh, uh, following this. Uh, you know what they're calling it, Vera? What? Bullet toe. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of of mistletoe, it's bullet toe. Oh, my my gosh. And also, you don't want to be under uh, William's mistletoe uh, during Christmas because you might get shot instead of smooched. Oh, that's terrible. We're creating uh, baby snakes on that one. (laughs) All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Police, this is police, we need police. A Christmas uh, police party in Cleveland was broken up the other day by the police. Uh, Staff at the St. Cliff Hotel in Seton Cara reported that three patrol cars and police dogs were called to the bash for uh, a police uh, plainclothes party. Uh, uh, Apparently, an argument and a fight erupted at the party. The police showed up and busted police officers for having a good time. Uh, Captain uh, Grinch from the PD said, uh, everything was taken care of. Both parties are trying to cop up play. Don't, don't give me no crickets on that. I totally didn't get it. <laughs> I like, cop a plea? Okay. I don't get it. Don't ignore me. Maybe the listeners you'll, got it. You know me. You'll, you'll get it later. <laughs> All right, sleigh bells ring. Are y'all listening? Where's your car? Lost in Michigan. Mom is messed up. A Michigan mom says she lost $700 worth of Christmas gifts when she loaded them into the wrong trunk of a car. Linda Gibson deposited some of her presents in a 2003 silver Ford Focus during a recent outgoing to the mall, mistakenly thinking it was her own vehicle. Apparently, someone driving a Ford Focus wasn't too focused. She said she used her own seat. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. She says she used her own keys to open the trunk, place the goods inside, and then returned to the mall to shop for some more. When she finished up an hour later, she went to find her car um, and realized her mistake. This is what she said. I parked in aisle 10 and the car wasn't there, so I turned around and saw a similar uh, Ford Focus and realized that I must have used my keys to open the trunk of the wrong car because the car I put the gifts in was gone and my car was still in the lot. So, $700 worth of Christmas gifts is a great trunk stuffer. Get it? Instead of a stocking stuffer? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, the economy oh, is so too bad. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> you were just um, too cute. That's right. This is the Christmas special, so I'm doing Christmas weird no, I mean, the crazy thing is that all this really did happen. Yes, this is all true. Gosh. Okay. Let me wrap this one up. Apparently, the economy is so bad that Santa has been driving around a Ford Focus lately. 
Um, he said it has better gas mileage, and it's got like 60 MPR, that's miles per reindeer. <laughs> oh, my God. I, what is that, a cricket or a boo? What is it? It might be snakes, because baby snakes came up with that one. Oh, then laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby snakes, you got credit for that one. <laughs> no. All right, I got two more for the holiday uh, weird but true. Um, oh, two more. Uh, um, Christmas beaver, beaver in the UK. Uh, a 13-year-old British girl shocked her mother by asking Santa Claus for a bunch of presents, including the real-life Justin Bieber, and threatening to kill Santa if he refuses to deliver. Makita, her name is Makita. Oh yeah, she wants a Justin Bieber. So oh. her name her name is Makita Austin. Uh she threatened to hunt down famous this is it. she also threatened to hunt down famous reindeer so she could cook them and serve the meat to the homeless. The reindeer. First what? of all she's thirteen years old. Um I don't know if the folks have had a talk with her about Santa and stuff, but She's pushing. She's pushing the age limit. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Uh, she's on the cuff. But uh, the girl said she was mostly joking. Uh, this is what she said. I don't really believe in Santa anymore, but I was angry because I thought I was going to get all the presents I wanted this year. A little crazy. Um, Justin was flattered and responded to Makita's frightening response by saying. Baby, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All right. That's just anyway. All right, it's my last one. Um, okay, make it fun. Okay, kidnap Frosty the Snowman is living the high life. Uh, Francis the Frostman. Francis Frostman, the Christmas decoration, was taken from his hanging post um, at the Murley family's home. He had taken up the spot for the past two seasons and was settling in for another December when he was taken. His captors have sent many photos all over the Internet of Frosty having a good time all over the place. I mean, there are pictures of him sitting at a bar having a beer, and they're posting them on the Internet. These people don't know where their inflatable, like, Frosty went, but they are posting all these pictures on the, on the Internet of them. Um, he's, been, he's been seen motorbiking, uh, go-kart racing, sunbathing, um, and even, and like I said, knocked down a few drinks at a local bar. So um, apparently this snowball effect has taken Frosty all over the globe, including the snow globe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, you guys, it's been your Weird But with Marfa Man. Well, there you have it. Another very strange but Christmassy segment of Weird But True. Stay tuned anywhere. We have a lovely guest tonight that I can't wait to introduce to you. You need to go and take a quick break, but we'll be right back.
welcome back. If you just logged in, we are the Very Normal Show. If you want to check us out, please go to www.veranormal.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our first guest for tonight is a certified Theta Healing Practitioner, Reiki Master, Teacher, Holographic Sound Healer, Intuitive, and Akashic Records Practitioner. Dahlia assists people in recognizing the divine blueprint within. Everyone, welcome, Ms. Dahlia. How are you, Dahlia? I'm doing great, Vera. How are you guys tonight? Oh, we're doing good. We just um, we made it to Roswell. <laughs> wow, Roswell, New Mexico. That is a very energetic place, isn't it? Well, yeah, and also has really uh, crazy drivers that had to drive in the snow. We almost got hit three times by people. Oh, really? <laughs> what what brings you guys to Roswell? I mean, usually you're here in Austin. Are you you're skiing, or what are you guys doing out there? up to um, snowboarding. We heard oh, about the snow and yeah, cool. we wanted to have some snow um, and then on our way back we decided, wait, why don't we do the show? Well, Roswell is very famous yeah. town and like you yeah. said, it's well known for all this energy and its UFO stories. Yes. So so here we are. Well, thank you for having me tonight. I really can feel the energy when you were coming on and all of that crazy kind of, um, I don't know, it was like your voice was echoing and, and bouncing around. I could I could uh, feel some kind of, you know, I, I work with the field of energy with people mm-hmm. and Theta Healing, working with Theta Healing, and so I feel a lot of things, and I don't know how to explain that other than I just do. And I was just noticing that you had, like, all of this energy kind of bouncing around, and then it was echoing. It sounded like about ten people talking at one time, and it seems to have smoothed out. But um, anyway, that was cool. It was really strange because we think it exactly the same way we always have it. Oh, it's doing it again. Okay. Can, you know what, Vera? Let's all, let's all do something energetic. We're going to do this just kind of live, if that's Okay. I want yeah, you to take a big deep, yeah, let's just all take a big deep breath in, everybody who's connected to this program, and let's just go ahead and smooth out the energy so we have a really clear connection energetically and just kind of take a big deep breath in through your nose. Okay. All the way to your toes and exhale. And just imagine all of the stress or any kind of frenetic energy going into a tube of white light. And just imagine that. Take another big deep breath in and exhale. And there we go. Okay. It feels a lot better. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks well, for having I me on the show Christmas. tonight. I just did some Christmas shopping, so I might be the one that's, like, you know, stressing everybody out here with the interference. Well, and, you know, it's not it's not always <laughs> stress, but, but – uh, Definitely Christmas shopping, you can pick up a lot of things out there. Um, you know, we all have electromagnetic energy and fields, and uh, when we're out there and everybody is in that sort of hustle and bustle and hurry mode, I I know that I'm really sensitive to that, and um, it starts to feel kind of like agitation. And, uh, and so, you know, some of that energy might have been... Uh, coming into the call, but anyway, it seems like we've smoothed it out, so it sounds good. 
Yes, let's have a peaceful show tonight so that our listeners yeah. can learn a lot from you. You have so much to teach. Thank you. I love doing this stuff. You know, my my background actually was in journalism and uh I worked with magazines for a few years and actually was a reporter uh for a decade uh for People magazine. And so I've moved into this field of tuning into people but more on a one-on-one basis and with groups working with kind of just how to be happy. Uh, it's the only way to explain it, and uh, helping people, uh, including myself, become happier. And I just love this work. I love connecting. I love teaching with what um, what I get taught, uh, things that come in for me, and uh, sharing that with people. So, you know, I'm just honored that you guys called me to be on the program. Um, I enjoy your energy whenever you come to classes here in Austin, and then meeting your now husband, Kendall, just, you guys are just amazing. Oh, Little thank ninja. you. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> amazing, amazing energy. So anyway. Well, mm. thank you so much. Why don't we get started and yeah. start telling us about, uh, well, I don't know where to have so much information in my head right now. Uh, back. <clears throat> what's back? Who's back? Yeah, take a big deep breath, Vera. It's a ask me. me what, ask whatever you want. Yeah, well, you guys were Martin, driving man. on the road. Well, you were driving on the road in that uh, snow. Is that right? Were you driving in a blizzard before you came in? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, that right there can get your ner- You know, you're probably nervous, like the, the tense energy. So let's go ahead and just kind of, if I may, just kind of work on your energy for just a minute. Can I do that? Yes, go for it. Okay, we're going to go for it. So this is something that I typically do in um, meditations or when people come in for group uh, theta healing in order to be more calm and more peaceful, which all of us have anxiety, especially this time of the year. One of the things that I do, because visualization is so powerful, we have the power to create and change our energy. And so our energy fields can be cleared out. So one of the things that I do is I always imagine a white tube of light. And um, why I say that is in Theta Healing, we connect with what we call creator of all that is or source. For all of you paranormal listeners who may not believe in uh, spirit, you can just call it the source field of creation or the matrix, whatever you want to call that. It's the energy that connects everything. Uh, It's where we manifest from. Um, So you want to connect with that amazing energy and imagine it coming in through a white tube of light through the top of your head. And just imagine it kind of going down through the center of your being all the way down through your, you know, middle area, down into your legs, down through your calves, down through your feet, And then you want to imagine it going into the earth. I call it Mother Earth Gaia. You can call it whatever you want, the planet. Imagine, though, that that white tube of light is connecting you with the center of the planet. And it is sending energy, healing energy or light, peaceful energy, back up to you, kind of like a boomerang effect, coming back up to you through the bottom of your feet, 
coming up through your legs. And then I imagine that it lights up your wheels of energy. Everybody has what's called chakras or centers of life force energy throughout the body. Um, but I focus on the, the main seven, which are the main wheels of energy, also called chakras. And you imagine that this light begins to light them up, align, and balance each one of them on the way up. And so I use colors to do this. There's also sounds and um, feelings and energies associated with each of these centers. But just for t the sake of um, tonight's show, we're just going to focus on the colors. So imagine that light going through the red center, the orange center of your being, coming on up to the yellow and then to the center of your chest where your heart is, to the green center, emerald green. And imagine that it's going up through your throat, lighting up a sapphire blue, a bright, brilliant blue for tonight, especially since we're using communication. And then you're going to imagine that light coming up through your third eye, which is your psychic center. And then up to the top of your head, which is your crown. And that that just opens up. Imagine that light then extending beyond your head about 18 inches and going to what I call the star center, which opens it up for all of your guidance to come in. We ask that all the highest and best forms of guidance come in through that chakra to help us tonight. And then imagine that light light then bouncing back down through your crown and coming down into your body once more and traveling and going into your chest and your heart area. Take a big, deep breath and imagine that light is now emanating all the way around you, kind of like a tube of light. It can be also a protective shield. And when you take a big, deep breath, imagine more of this life force energy running through your entire body. So take a big, deep breath, everybody. And exhale. And there you go. And actually, you sound a lot clearer and it feels a lot more peaceful. Do you feel that, Vera? I do. How about you, Marfa Man? Is this new for you? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. Yeah. So it's you know, it's just kind of a, a a meditation, you know, it's a way to visualize things. We all have things that we do to help us um, you know, center or focus on something and that's just a way for me and uh I, I kind of came up with that just to imagine and visualize more peace coming into my, my being. And a lot of people do different variations of that, but that's just one example. But anyway... Um, I, I really... Yeah, I really... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Um, I really enjoy that. Thank you very much. I feel <laughs> You're calm. I, I do feel calm. You're right. I was probably hysterical from the drive oh, here, and uh, we were sliding all over the place. So thank yeah, you. I get nervous <laughs> driving. You're welcome. I get nervous driving in uh, snow. That's that's kind of a you know nerve wracking thing. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, what would you like for me to talk about tonight, Vera? As far as well, healing, sound healing, what what, what do you think your listeners want to hear? Well, a little bit of everything, if you don't mind. But actually, um, yeah. in your as the U.S. people in recognizing the divine blueprint with divine and mm -hmm. what is that divine thing that you said we all have well and and this is one of my beliefs but you know i 
I'm taught in Theta Healing. I'm taught in a lot of the different um, areas of working with this energy. Um, Well, first of all, I had a near-death experience when I was 13. And I uh, left my body, you know, did what you probably all have heard of, you know, where you float out of your body and you go elsewhere. And I came into this energy that was just, amazingly blissful. I mean, it's what you would imagine heaven to be like, whatever you want to call it. And I did not really want to come back. I remembered that part of it. And it was like I was having this telepathic... I know, yeah. It was like I was having this telepathic conversation while I was in this energy. And I, I didn't see like a face but it was like I heard a voice I felt some presence with me that I felt completely safe with this energy knew me I knew it it was just universal intelligence it was amazing and I just said if I come back I want to be with this I don't want this to leave and um when I came back, I woke up in intensive care um, in the trauma unit of the hospital here in Texas, and I remember feeling that presence still with me and doing some kind of crazy things, I guess, um, coming out of the um, anesthesia and everything, just kind of telling the doctors once I was ready to eat, um, doing some things that normally I would not have done. You know, like they were coming in to check vital signs, and I would tell them the answer before they would tell me, Answer. It was as wow. though I already knew what was going on. Yeah. And so this kind of thing continued. I started after that having very, you know, just really heightened sensitivities, um, sensitivities to sound, light, um, intuitive abilities, having dreams, psychic visions, you name it. And um, what I think happened was, and this happens a lot with near-death experiences, is you come into this higher vibrational field and you bring that back. And it opens up to the way that we divinely are meant to be. And a lot of things that close down here on this earth where people either for one reason or another don't believe in it or they believe it's bad or it's scary or weird, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, A lot of people just kind of shut down those gifts. But I believe that everyone inherently has these abilities especially if you come in contact with this energy. It can give you um, kind of an awakening, as you call it. Um, Vera, you were talking about awakening with me earlier. And it wakes things up that are dormant within our being. And so when I talk about divine blueprint structure, I talk about this divineness that you already are and just remembering it, waking up to it. So however you term that to be, but it's kind of like when we don't alter and mess with things in nature, they have a perfect geometric program running within them. We don't have to program or tell the grass how to grow. It grows perfectly if it's left alone and not messed up with, you know, toxic substances or, you know, walked on and stomped on or messed with in some way. Well, we're the same way. We have that inherent divine programming. So all of this healing business or whatever you want to call it, um, working with energy or when people start looking with holistic treatments or alternative forms 
of um, fixing themselves in some way or healing themselves, you know, I feel, especially with what I do, is I'm just helping that person wake up to that which they already have within them. It's just waking up to that perfect program that's already there and tuning into it, tuning in kind of like to a frequency of that. So, so how, how is that beneficial? How is that beneficial to people to understand? What are the benefits from awakening? I've heard this term awakening for so long, and I don't think people yet grasp the idea of, of how important well, it is, benefits that someone can well, obtain from it. Okay, so the first thing that I feel that happens for a person which can change everything in your life is when you wake up to the fact that you're already in tune with this field of perfection, you're Mm -hmm. in tune with, if you want to call it creator, source, God, the matrix, universal field of intelligence, whatever you want to call it. But if you begin to believe that you're a co-creator, so you're waking up to that, that in itself intrinsically we're not taught that especially here in America we are taught a lot of other um you know beliefs i know just for me for example um in the religion that i was brought up in we were we were taught that we were born into original sin you know i'm not going to debate that or going go into that tonight but i believe that that is um for me incorrect and, and once you can start feeling like you are a co-creator and you have all these amazing gifts and that you're loved and that you're capable of so much more, you don't have to walk around feeling like a sinner and you're in shame. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and that yeah. just right there is an awakening um, um, that can start to turn on so many other things within our, our belief systems that we're capable of things and we're powerful with, with things um, rather than being victims. Um, so what I mean by that is if you're a co-creator, then you can change your reality. And if ah. you can change your reality, right. And so, you know, in paranormal studies, you start getting into all these, you know, reality thinking, well, what is your reality? Reality is based on what you are perceiving and what you're thinking. And what lies behind what you're thinking is what you're believing. So if you can get into those beliefs, yeah, you get into those beliefs and start flipping the switch to some of the beliefs, and it can be difficult because we have some things that I've, you know, we're taught in Theta Healing, you you carry beliefs on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. Like you can carry memories on a subconscious level that you're not even awake to yet. So we start getting into that energy lifting those and it can happen at quantum speed you start working with the field of this energy and we start seeing the synchronicity with quantum physics and all these different things that are um known in science to be and i i've seen some amazing things happen i mean some amazing things happen can you give like, us an example yeah okay well <clears throat> i've i have seen uh I have seen people literally um, working with this field of energy. I have witnessed it. And I actually found a YouTube video uh, where this person was laying on a table with a sonogram over their uh, tumor that they had on their body. Okay. And then they had simultaneously split screen the tumor 
from where the doctor, you know, had taken the x-rays or whatever sonogram pictures. And so then they had the split screen with it live with the sonogram going and three healers standing over this person, imagining and visualizing healing of this person already happened and working with that field of energy and saw the tumor evaporate in three minutes. Whoa. Okay. Really? I have per- yes. I have personally personally um worked with a person who called me for a phone phone session. So we weren't even in person. She was calling me from Canada and she said, you know, she had um she was really scared. She had a um tumor that they had already had a sonogram over and found um on her thyroid gland and that she was going in for an operation to have it you know, surgically removed. They weren't sure if it was malignant or benign or whatever. And she was just really scared, you know, to go into the hospital, go to anesthesia and surgery. And so I was just working with her to um, relax her and help her feel safe and know that she's being taken care of and, you know, just kind of all these things. And so she went into the surgery. Um, She called me. The, the day after the what the surgery was scheduled for that Friday, I had talked to her on a, on, a, on a Sunday before. The surgery was Friday. She called me on Saturday, and she says, you're not going to believe this, but after our session, I went in for my prep for surgery. They put the sonogram on my thyroid gland to decide, you know, getting me ready for surgery, and the tumor was gone. And uh-huh. so... She, so she said, I don't know if you did that or what happened, but it's gone. And I said, well, you know what? We're going to say it's just you healing yourself. You were healing yourself. You awakened to that creation field. And she really believed. She really believed that what we were doing, she felt it. And she, you know, was amazed. She was amazed. So physically, what so, is happening? What is happening when this so is dissolving, we, going away? Well, what I believe is we are in a reality that we call, you know, a third-dimensional reality. It's a dense reality. You're touching things that are objects that have a certain vibration that appear to be solid. We see ourselves with our skin and our body and all of all of our, you know, bodily parts working as solid, but truly we are transformational at the most finite of our being. We are photonic. Before the the atom, you know, the proton, the neutron, the electron, we are photon. We are light. And within that field, it can move. It can change. So if the person, if you're working with a person, let's say in the Theta Healing Session, is truly tapped into that field with me, it makes it a lot easier. But all they have to do is believe and work within that field and then we're just working with changing that field of creation, the source of creation from where we manifest, all objects are manifested from. So it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's really out there. But if you can, you know, get into it and work with it and start having fun, I see things happening even just not even, you know, from a physical or medical standpoint. I just see things happening on a on a everyday basis, like thinking about somebody wanting, you know, imagining or visualizing things to happen, like in my work or whatever, 
And then, you know, that person, like I was just thinking of, she called me to be on her show. Are we both tapped into that same source field and we were able to connect on some other level? And wow. then therefore, yeah, and therefore you you know, you you emailed me and then we spoke. I believe in that kind of stuff. I think we're all kind of connected through this source field. So when we start working there, it it's it's amazing. Um magical things start happening. Yeah, just synchronicity is what I call it. You know, just the synchronistic happenings. Um, that's where your intuition starts to kick in because you are feeling things or you're sensing things before they're actually manifesting. You see what I'm saying? Before mm-hmm. you're, you're sensing things in that field, and that field is giving you ideas or inspiration or um, inklings of something. Um, you know, how many people, you know, on the morning of 9-11 had an inkling that they were supposed to be somewhere else and they stopped to get donuts or they stopped and did something else and they weren't in the towers? There right, I heard it. Yeah. You know, like an yeah, intuition. Was, exactly. And they sensed that they weren't supposed to be there at the time. And, you know, many of the people that did go to work, would we say, well, they weren't tapped in, or were they? Maybe that was something that they agreed to do. Um, you know, on a on a spiritual level, maybe that was something that they agreed to step forward and say, I'm going to pass at this time and, you know, be a part of this whole um, um, 9-11 drama. But the, the the point I'm trying to make is that we sometimes have a sense of things. You know, animals definitely are tapped into this. They they know when storms are coming. I don't know if you've ever, ever been around horses. When horses are out in the field in the pasture and there's going to be a storm, you know, they act differently. Cows will all turn and face, I forgot which direction, but they face all the same direction when there's going to be a storm coming. Um, they have a sense of it. They'll even sense the barometric pressure before mm-hmm. the rain, you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So um, it's definitely um, an amazing um, discovery that's, that's happening, it's taking place, and people are waking up to it, as you would say, now more than ever. Yeah. Now, do you think, is this new, or this information has always been there and it was deleted from us? Well, that's or taken away from us, because there's a theory, you know, that, that all this... That we are capable to heal ourselves. We are capable to be intuitive. Yeah. We are. We have all those gifts that belong to us. Sure. They are part of why we are divine. But then there's theories that talk about um, something uh, stopping that from us. Yeah. No, I I definitely think that this is you know div- divine knowledge, sacred knowledge, part of the ancient mysteries um, that have been uh, purposely. For- uh kept from us because can you imagine if everybody woke up to this and started working with this field and making things happen uh you know hopefully for the good i mean i think it could be incredible uh, but i think that there's some you know well yeah i think i think people there. will be people will be happier they will uh, have a different perspective in life they will be able to heal themselves and to you know Focus on love and positive energy, and and just coexist with each other peacefully. Yeah. Without well, it, 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 I think one of the the big things about this sort of 
reality of, of thinking of, of your, yourself being a co-creator with, with the universe is um, we don't have to be victims and we also would not stand for some of the atrocities that, that go on here on this planet with people starving and not having food and then we have other people that are living in, you know, just complete and utter, you know, wealth beyond that they can't even spend in their own lifetime. And, um, you know, people would be more in tune with each other and compassionate with each other and therefore working together. And I think that's where we're headed. I think, you know, all this ascension business of 2012, at least the lightworkers, the people that want that goodness and want that happiness for everybody um, is is waking up to this co-creator business, and we don't have to, um, you know, be in the in the role of victim or um, being servants, if you will, to right. some elitist faction or government that controls everything. Right. Mm. Yes. It changes a lot. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> Just mention one important word: light workers. Uh, but what about we take a quick break, and when we come back, you explain to us what exactly is a light worker, and maybe talk sure. about star seeds. I've heard that so yeah. much, and it's like a new word nowadays, star seeds. Yeah, sure. We'll okay. talk about that. All right. You're listening to The Very Normal Show tonight from Roswell, New Mexico. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. If you just tuned in, you are listening to The Paranormal Show, and we're talking to Dahlia. Her website is www.healingwithdahlia.com. She is located in Austin, Texas, and we are live from Roswell, New Mexico. Dahlia, so we were going to start talking about light workers. What is a light worker? Well, it's a, it's a term that came in... Um, you know, with, with the metaphysical community, started started using it heavily as people who are working with the light or on the forefront of this movement where we believe we're bringing in light to the planet, we're changing things, moving towards more peace, harmony, unity, um, working with really bringing light into this planet and a lot of people felt that you know it's interesting around here in Roswell tonight but after World War II and that bomb nuclear bomb that went off in Hiroshima it was one of the energetic low points of our planet and after that happened a lot of what we would call light workers Star seeds. I think there was some sort of call to action out there in the universe as souls were deciding to come in. And a lot of people who uh, were either uh, needing to or were volunteering to help bring in the light and basically help Earth keep it, to keep it from destroying itself mm-hmm. um, started to incarnate. So if you believe in incarnation, 
that's cool. If you don't, you would just say, well, you were you know, choosing to be born at this time. And so they started coming in uh, as light workers in a really uh, vast amount. Some people started calling them indigos, whatever you want to call it, um, right after World War II, so that baby boomer age, and then they started coming in very strongly in the late 60s and the 70s. So, you know, people who are light workers are people who are in some way bringing in higher energy, vibration, knowledge in some way of the planet. So, you know, it, it's it's just kind of semantics. I mean, I'm a light okay. worker, so, you know. So in in simplicity, um, this is kind of confusing. You're basically saying that some of these light workers, what I call star seeds, are basically souls from other planes of existence or well, okay, dimensions. So okay, so let, I, I guess I'm going to make this a little clear. So light worker is a word that's used to describe people who are actively seeking either enlightenment or helping people with enlightenment here on the planet. You okay. can be a light worker and not be an indigo, but a lot oh, okay. of the, okay. okay, but a lot of the light workers are indigo souls. Indigos okay. okay, so that's what we were getting to in star seeds. Mm-hmm. Some of them are yeah. So, so they're coming, what are indigos? Yeah. Where are they coming from? So indigo is a term that is used for um, people who were brought in, specifically coming in uh, large numbers in the 60s, um, some of the flower children, some of the you know people coming in at the dawning of the age of Aquarius and all that business, um, okay. that have a, you know, indigo aura filled or have some sort of attribute or characteristic that is of indigo. Indigos often feel um, like they are not from here, if you will. They feel like that they're kind of not fitting in. They want to do things differently than the system. You have to remember that right during that time period of the 1930s and 40s and 50s, everything was supposed to be quote-unquote generic. Everything was about the all-American dream or the perception of that. There was some sort of faction out there steering everything, keeping everything really um, systematic and keeping everything repetitive and under control. And indigos are born wanting to buck that system. So a lot of times indigos do not like authority. You know, we could say... Um, the Beatles were perfect indigos. <laughs> I mean, oh. at, yeah, the Beatles. Like, look at their music, and you know, Paul with with you know, he wrote Imagine. You know, what an amazing song. He was a light worker. He didn't necessarily say that to anybody, but he was bringing in some new concepts about you know, imagine all the people living in harmony. You know, what what about that? Right, Bring light to the planet. You know. Um, so, so it's like and, people who are like going against the norm. Definitely, definitely. Like I'm an I'm a very extreme indigo. I blend, I blend okay. I mean, I don't have like you know purple hair and stuff like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I literally get 
I get nervous. I cringe when I feel like um, somebody might categorize me, categorize me as being part of the herd. I'm definitely someone who is outside of um, that, you know, normal. Stereotype. You know what I'm, you know what I'm, stereotype yeah. of being generic. Uh, people who just, you know, follow, you know, there's still a lot of people out there that just, you know. Well, who, who would be an indigo today, right now? Like an today, like a famous person? Yeah, like you said, like the Beatles back then. What who might be okay. an indigo today? Oh gosh. Well, let's see. Let me think about this for a minute. Um, well, you know, well, um, I'm just trying to think of some different actors or actresses. Um, you know, I have to think of some. Okay, I'll I'll tell you one. Um, I think Matthew McConaughey is an indigo. Okay. Okay, that's an actor that I've actually mm-hmm. met, interviewed. He feels, uh, you know, like a free spirit. Um, but, you know, he's in the Hollywood system, so that could be debatable too. But I would, I would, you know, have to look at his chart and some different things. There's actually characteristics of indigos. Um, people who feel different, you, feel, you literally feel different. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't fit into the system in some way, but you just cringe at rules, um, feeling like you have to question things. I would say probably everybody listening is probably in some way an indigo. Y'all are probably indigos in some way because you're on this program, you're investigating paranormal um, activity. You're not sitting, <laughs> you know, at a, at a bank uh, with a suit and tie, you know, sitting into the system of, you're out here, you know, investigating, looking at things. Creative people will often have that indigo um, spirit or indigo soul. Um, awesome. They need to ex- express it. Yeah. So a lot of your artists, you know, and things like that are indigos. Um, they change this reality. They came in to change things from being so spoon-fed generic and questioning the systems, creating new ways and now we have not only indigos, we have people that are called crystals and rainbows, these children that are coming in with multidimensional aspects. Um, I have two little boys that are twins. They're twin boys. They're six, and they both were diagnosed with autism. And I definitely feel like they are indigo crystal children, meaning they, um, they don't have the same filters that we have energetically. And they're much more open, um, and they don't they don't fit into the little square box of um, everybody else. And their natural their natural tendency is to love people. They're they're not they don't have a lot of these beliefs um, that I you know I think that a lot of us were born with. They're just really um, they're really different. <laughs> they change the energy. They have a higher vibration. They'll change the energy wow. of the room. And I and I've been around a lot of these kids that you literally feel their energy. It's it's a higher vibration. I've heard there's more cases, more and more cases of crystal children nowadays and uh, they just oh, yeah. don't fit in with everybody else. Yeah. And I actually have a friend who wants to be a teacher school there are it's more for um crystal 
children because they just don't fit in with the regular public schools. There just there's a need for a different type of education as well. Uh, so all sure. that's going to be changing. I can see all that changing as well as we go along. I was thinking, uh, Little Ninjas passed me a little note. Um, he wants to ask, do you think Steve Jobs is an indigo? Absolutely. I have him quoted in one of my uh, classes that I teach on being a co-creator. Steve Jobs, you know, he said, one of his quotes was, don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions Most importantly, have the courage to follow your heart and change this planet. He said that quote at the 2005 at Stanford University. He was, no doubt, starseed bringing in information from higher realms. <laughs> no doubt about it. Wow. It's a perfect wow. example of, a, of somebody who's famous these days that's an indigo, probably starseed if I were to do his chart. How amazing. I mean, can you imagine, uh-huh. Marshall Manny, we uncover all these gifts within us, all these amazing things we'll be creating? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marshall Manny, <laughs> Marshall Man, wake up. Wake up, come on. I'm here. How about how about the how about the indigo girls? I like them. Well, I'm you know, there's no I don't know anything about the indigo girls other than I saw them uh play at a party uh here in Austin, uh for South by Southwest. They, they're amazing. Uh, they're amazing. Amazing harmonics, beautiful music, and no doubt there was a reason why they said indigo girls. They were probably, you know, reading about this somewhere. This has been a term, indigo, indigo soul, indigo uh, has been really coming in. uh, Since 1987, the harmonic convergence happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, people started really talking about this kind of stuff. No, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everybody wants to. It's happening again. Let's take a big deep breath in. It might be Marfa Man. Ooh, Marfa Man started talking and it got all wobbly. This is what happens. (laughs) We're all very familiar with this. (laughs) I'm going to have to take him uh, to you, you know, his chakras. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Marfa Man, are you actually in Marfa, Texas? Is that where you got your name? I'm not, but that's how I got my name. That is the Marfa Lights and all that goodness. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Cool. Okay, well, yeah, you need you to work on his chakras there, Vera. <laughs> um, t- wow, pretty weird. Yeah. It's me, isn't it? I, you know, I sense that it could be. It could be. Um, well, so we're, we are all familiar with this. <laughs> you are. Very. I mean, is this, Go ahead. Is this something that happens on your show a lot? Um, no, but I think I have a lot of static behind me. Yeah. Well, you know, just do that little visualization again. Just take a big deep breath in. Are you under a lot of stress right now? 
Um, yeah, like, I guess not, so. Not this second, but just like in your life. Okay. Yeah, it feels kind of yeah. like you are. Mm-hmm. Is Vera so, still um, with us? I'm sorry, repeat that? I said, is Vera still with us? Vera? I don't know. It might just be us. We might have lost her. I know. I don't hear her. <laughs> I don't hear her. What happened? I think Vera went into a wormhole. <laughs> I don't know That's what so that means. Does, does that mean that we're not broadcasting anymore? I don't <laughs> okay, that was me. Something serious. disconnected me, and I'm back on. This is crazy. Oh wow. my god! Tell the listeners how can they find you? How can they find your work? Contact you? Okay, if anybody wants to contact me for energy work, I do intuitive readings. I work with sound. I work with people's energy, just helping them be more happy, uh, live a life that they've always wanted. Um, you can contact me by going to my website, which is Healing with Dahlia. Dahlia is D-A-H-L-I-A, healingwithdahlia.com. And all of my contact information is on there. You can email me or or call me. And I do phone work. I work with people all over the world. And I also work from Infinity Wellness Center here in Austin where I do Reiki and energy work and one-on-one sessions and even go into Akashic record readings with people, which is fascinating. So hopefully um, I will uh, talk to you again soon. I would love to be on your program again. You guys seem to be a lot of fun, and I oh, love the subject you. matter that you cover. I love it. Thank love, you. We'll definitely have you again. We're going to have you again yeah. from Austin and hopefully with okay. better reception. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want absolutely. you to follow up on what you were saying to me on, you know. You know. Okay, on what we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> like right now? You want me to do that right now? Um, I guess quickly. Um, or or, oh, or okay. we can do or the next can... show. Why don't you do that the next show? Have me on again and we'll follow up. Yeah. That sounds definitely. good. Okay. We well, all have a wonderful holiday and um, you hope too. to talk yeah. to you soon. Yeah, okay. You too. Have a good one. Okay. Take care. Bye. Night. Okay, we are back live. Something keeps kicking me out. This is weird. It could be the energy here, the combination of the energies in Austin and Roswell. Who knows? Or is it just plain bad hotel internet reception (laughs) service? I'm never doing this again. But anyway, it seems like we have a caller. Let's see. Hello, caller. You're in the air. What's your name? Hello? 
I have no audio at all. Okay. Hello? 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 Uh, more tech. Okay. I'm amazed we made it to the first hour. I have no audio. Um, let's see. What can we do here? I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take uh end of the hour break. And then I'm going to figure out what's going on. Do more meditation, more breathing exercises. I don't know. But I, we need to get through the second hour. We have an amazing guest who has a really interesting UFO alien story that he wants to share with us. And plus, a really good, um, <clears throat> uh, in general, story. I'm I'm freaking out here. I need to figure it out. Let an inch help me. Save me. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I see dead people. I see dead people. I look in my pocket, and I see dead people. I see dead people. I see dead people. I look in my pocket, and I see dead people. One, two, three. Body count. One, two, three. Hey, body count. One, two, three. Body count. I check my other pocket. We are back. We're back. We are back to the paranormal show. Your host, Vera Martinez. Hey, hey. Okay. You know, here myself, I want to think that I'm on. I have no audio for some reason. Um, okay. There, 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 there. Okay. We have a caller, and let's see if we can patch him. This it has to be the internal reception. Uh, hello. <clears throat> I have no audio. I have quite a few callers. <clears throat> ouch! Ouch! That was Marfa Man. Hi, Marfa Man. Are you there? Ouch! Yes. You what? We. We are in the middle of a snow uh, snowstorm you here. Hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Perfectly fine. Okay, they hear me. They hear me. <clears throat> hey, My goodness, hey, this is here, crazy. Come here. Come here. Come here. Who? Who? Cork. <laughs> hey. Come here. Hey, come here. Hurry up. You got to say hi to my listeners. Ouch. All right. Uh, baby okay. Snake wants to say hi. Hi. Oh, hi, Baby Snakes. How are you? Here. <clears throat> okay, we have a 512 caller, and you are on the air. How are you? What's your name? Vera? Yes? <laughs> it's Dahlia. What is going on? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just wanted to listen. Can I listen to you guys? Of I, I've already talked to you. Oh, my off. God, you're so welcome. You know what? I don't even recognize your number. I just thought if I want to. This is this okay. is easy. I'm just gonna okay. listen you in. are totally more welcome to listen to I our show. I was fascinated with your your. Aren't you gonna have another guest, Phoenix, on yes. the show? I have been on. Okay, and you know what? <clears throat> I'll let you on, so you're more than welcome to talk to him. Actually. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, great. I just want to be a part of it. I'm sitting here doing some stuff, and I want to listen. So, okay. 
So okay. I'm going to take um, a 15-second break, and then when we come back, we'll introduce our second guest for the night. We're dealing with kinds of crazy, uh, you can call it technical difficulties or strange energies. <laughs> Who knows? Here we are. We're going for it, and we're about to introduce our second. Oh, ouch! More for man. This is really difficult. I can hear all the noise, but anyway. For tonight, he is a Celtic, Irish, and Native American. He is also a musician, songwriter, and the ancient and spiritual ways of both cultures. For instance, he had a new experience, but also the channel and experiences with UFOs or aliens in nature. So everyone welcome Finn Scally. Uh, is this working now? <laughs> you know Hello. what? Let's, let's hope so. Let's hope it so. Sounds good. Oh, oh so, so you can hear me. I hear you perfectly you fine now. It's okay, good to well, see, wait. That's good because it's 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 exactly eleven eleven here, so maybe Woo! that's a good thing <laughs> on my end in the east anyway. Well, how are you guys? Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for having me on again. But but I was thinking about it in the very beginning. What would the show not be with me on it without technical difficulties? Because I remember the technical difficulties the first time that happened when you had me on, and we lost the whole half hour. So. It just oh, wouldn't yeah. be the same without oh, it. That's true. That is so true. I totally forgot about it. It's been a while since we had you. We haven't had any difficult any difficulties. It's been perfect. There we go. Yeah, it's it's well, crazy. And, well, Martha, man, I hear you fine. So what we can do is, if yeah, I hear you too. starts Good. to if she starts to fade out a bit, and you think you know what she's asking me, feel free to fill in for her, and that way we can keep it going. So whoever's listening doesn't you know, get disinterested or, or feel like they're not getting something out of this. So we'll just do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'll read her mind. So, so no problem. So I don't know where she wants to go with this. I know the last time I was talking, we were having a discussion about um, all of my interests in the paranormal and, and the different ghost huntings and things. I guess I could get into that for a moment because things sure. have changed since then. Uh, when you interviewed me last, I had my own ghost team, and that was going quite well, and everything was fine. But a lot of things happened in my personal life that, um, for lack of a better term, I guess I'll just condense it down to I wanted to actually I – I just turned 40, so I'm ancient now. 
And well, happy birthday. Thank you. And <laughs> I decided I want to live, and there's things that I've yet to do, like my music and things that I really want to pursue. And I, something just dawned on me, even though I, I still do see spirits and I still do sense things and I still do be connected to people who have passed on, I just feel that something dawned inside me and just basically said, now it's your time to live and not really dwell on death. So I just kind of moved on from that. I felt I did what I could do with that. I, we helped quite a few people. They know who they are. Um, you know, some of the mm -hmm. stories that I talked about before. So I just felt like sure. it was time for me to just move into different areas. So, so, so what are you uh, doing now? Well, basically at the moment, um, I'm just concentrating on my music career, uh, working on that, but I still do um, private sessions with people that want to try and contact people that might have moved on or if they have um, problems with um, paranormalish type activity, whether it be ghosts or what you would term as ghosts or just any type of uh, supernatural activity that's bothering them, um, I still do help that but I'm just not doing it as like a teen thing or like a ghost hunters kind of show type thing. Um, that just all just disbanded. And everybody that I know that was in that group actually kind of went off on their own at the same time. So I guess it was just something that, you know, it wasn't meant to be in a group setting like that, but I'll always have this gift and I'm happy for it. And it's sure. odd because the, your first guest that you were talking to uh, Dahlia, I don't know if she's there. Um, yeah, she's listening. I don't know if she's with us speaking though. Oh, okay. Well, Dahlia, if you're there, hello. It was a pleasure listening to you. And yeah, she's hearing you. Some, what, what she was talking about, the indigos, I started jumping up and down because I was told that I was indigo. And when she jumped into it, being artists and musicians, a lot of times are indigo, everything that she was saying was spot on. And I was all called that. Um, by other people, and I always wondered about it or always kind of guessed. I mean, I knew when she said they're kind of different people, they're odd. I am odd. I've always been that way. Anyone who knows me would can attest to that. Um, but it's it's something, I guess, that's, that a lot of people, you know, say that's being artsy or, or different or creative. But she's right. Um, I, I always do have a lot more love for people than I usually get in return, um, even for people that, that hurt me or leave me or, or hurt, you know, do something to you and they leave you high and dry or something, I still always still want to love them and I don't want to give up on them, even though other people would be like, you know, don't turn the other cheek or whatever, get revenge or something. I'm not like that. And I just feel like if the whole world could just be like that, everything would be fine, but it probably will never happen. But yeah, I'm always the glass, no. glass is half empty kind of person. I know Dahlia is probably shaking her head right now, going, "You must breathe <laughs> or something." But well, I could do know, that. I do. A, I do the chopper doing, and I do there. the Reiki around here. But it's crazy. Um, but there, there's so much negativity in the world. Sometimes I do just want to give up. But then I pick up the guitar and I start playing and I work on my music, and then all of a sudden the beauty comes back again. But um, right, well, let's, I know. Let's back it up here. Like, how long have you been playing music? Uh, I have been playing since oh, uh, since I was in about third or fourth grade. So that's okay, how long you've been playing about guitar? Thirty. Um, I have been playing guitar for close to twenty years, um, and I'm self-taught. See, that's the weird thing. I don't know any notes. 
Um, I was bored when I was younger. I didn't really have many friends because I was so odd and I was into weird things. I wasn't into sports. I wasn't into anything like that. So somebody had a guitar, took a guitar and I would sit in my room and I would just strum it and work on it and play it until something musical came out that was listenable. And then um, I would get like the magazines where they teach the tablature for the people that don't know notes. Tablature is, you know, you see the, the neck of the guitar and you see the little dots. And then it shows you where to put your fingers. And I kind of learned if I put my fingers here, it sounds like this. If I put my fingers there, it sounds like that. And then that led into me also working on piano and keyboards and bass. So I kind of just picked up any instrument that I could. But then later in time, and this is nothing special, many people can do it, but I would grab anything. And within like 15 minutes, I could just create you an original song. And it just, to me, it was natural. But to other people, it seems like, oh, my God, you, you know, how could you do that? It's not that hard for me. But the stuff I do is, is intri- it's not very intricate. It's just, you know, subtle. It's very simple. But I enjoy it. And lately I've been working um, on more uh, jazzy-oriented um, kind of blues-ish kind of music. And I know I sent okay. an MP3 to Vera, but I don't think she's going to be able to play it if she's having this much technical difficulty. Well, we're going you know, and I and she's vanished. We're about 700 miles away from each other right now, so I'm not sure, but we're going to get to the bottom of it. But I wanted to say, um, I play music just like you. Um, I only know a few chords, but I am able to uh, put my fingers on a guitar, and I can figure out a tune. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much what I used to do. (laughs) Oh, we got somebody on. Oh, that's too funny. So you can put your fingers on the instrument, and you can play um, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, me and Phoenix are talking, and yeah, it's it's, it's about finger placement. It's, it's not so much playing, like, the traditional chords on a right. guitar or piano. You right. can just make, you know, you know what I'm saying, manipulate yeah. sound and, and make tunes. Yeah, exactly. So everybody who, I mean, I did, later on when I was in college, I did study music theory, um, and that teaches you the notes and everything later on. But I kind of even skimmed through that because it was just I, I wanted more about time signatures and things like that. But but neither here nor there. We could go on for hours on music. But I don't think you want me to discuss music here. So no, no but I, yeah, that's I just, what I've been doing. So that's that's no, what I've been working yeah. on at the moment. Um, I just find out this is what you do. Okay. <clears throat> this is your passion. This is one of being. Kelly, that makes you so interesting. The other side about you is this um, mystical side of you, this this paranormal uh, part of you. Uh, On your Facebook, and you told me this before, you had a near-death experience. After that, you 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 were able to, so you became more intuitive, and you became to channel, but you also had, this is really interesting, because Experiences with spiritual, the spiritual world, ghosts mm-hmm. and, and people that passed on. But you also had <clears throat> some experiences with UFOs. Yes. Can um, you get into that a little bit more? Yeah, which which side of it? Just the UFO encounter, or you want me to talk about the near-death experience as well? Okay, do you, do you, mind, do you, do you mind sharing um, the near-death experience? Yeah. Um, well, the, the UFO encounter happened, um, back when I was 
in fourth grade. I remember it clearly. And I know people will always say that, well, you're a young, wee little kid, and, you know, you're not going to remember it's all your imagination. But it wasn't because my mother verified that this actually happened because it happened to her as well. Um, Basically, I live in northeast Philadelphia at the moment, and that's where I lived when I was young. And down the road from us, not too many miles away, was a small airport. And you, I used to have my bed by the window because you would always see the lights of the planes coming towards my home. And I used to just love aviation and look up at the sky, and I used to love looking at the planes. So I saw everything. I know a blimp. I know um, a jet airliner compared to a Cessna. You know. So even as a kid, I knew what I was looking at. And one day, these weird lights came into my room, but I didn't hear the engine of a plane or the jet. And it caught my attention, and I was laying there. It was dead of night. I'd say maybe like between 10 and midnight. And I was curious as to what these lights were, because it was more like a disco ball shining in my room, more than plane lights. And planes actually have um, taillight lights, that normal people, sometimes nobody really notices, but planes will have, like, the red and the blue and the green markers on it. And depending on what kind of plane it is, that's there for a reason. So a lot of people can tell just by looking at the lights what kind of plane it is. But this didn't have any of that. And it was more seriously like lasers or disco light coming into my room. But again, there was no noise. So I'm looking out my window, and I see this thing coming towards my home. And the lights are really streaming into the room. They're filling the whole room up with all these lights. And then my mother was in the next room, which was our bathroom. And then the room past that was her master bedroom. So I run into the hallway, and I'm trying to get my mother's attention. She was doing her nails or something in the bathroom. And I'm like, can you please come look at this plane? It's, like, super cool. I've never seen anything like it. And she's like, it's okay. It's, I've seen everything. You know, it's not a big deal. Enjoy yourself. You know, why don't you run into my bedroom and you'll see it fly over? Because it directly, all the planes would directly go overhead. We're on our block because um, we were in the line of sight of the airport. So I run to her room and I look out the window and nothing ever came over. And so I run back and I told her nothing came over. And she's like, well, maybe it's the blimp because there was no noise. But this was the wrong time of the year for a blimp. We have a a Goodyear blimp that flies around in the summer, but this wasn't in the summer. And um, so she's trying to think of anything that it could be. And, again, there was no noise. But then she saw the lights coming in the skylight of the bathroom. And then our electricity started to go on and off. And this is where it gets bizarre, because from that moment on, I don't remember anything. Oh. But then... The next morning, uh, all I remember is from that moment, it kind of going all black. And then I, the next thing I remember, I'm in my little desk at school, and I'm drawing on a piece of paper what this, this ship, or whatever it was, looked like. And somebody, a girl that I went to school with, peers over my shoulder, and she said, no, 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 you got it wrong. And she took the piece of paper, and she erased my drawing and finished it differently. And I looked at her and I said, how do you know what I'm drawing? And she said, because I live like a block away from you. You know that. And I saw it fly over your house. 
and then it stopped. And then a light came down, and then it flew straight up into the clouds. So I was, like, I was like, what? What are you talking about? And I remember this so clearly. And I've tried so hard to find this girl, and I never have, um, even through Facebook or whatever. But I always continue to try and find her. But, and I always wondered whether it really happened or not. So I had this missing time experience. And then recently, I talked to my mother recently, because it's coming close. My father passed away uh, Christmas morning. So the anniversary of his death is coming up. And I was talking to her about whether this really happened or not, and as, as well as many other experiences that I've went through, just out of sheer curiosity, and whether it is my overactive imagination or whether this was real. And she said, I didn't want to tell you all these years, but yes, I remember that day clearly, and yes, I can't remember anything past um, what you remember. But her version was a little different. Um, she does remember a little bit after the bathroom, Um, she woke up in the middle of the night and she was in bed with my father and she woke up to check on me because she just had a strange feeling and I was not in my room. And she said this was somewhere like four in the morning. So I still wasn't home and her and my dad checked the whole house and I wasn't there. But then somehow for some reason she said they felt comfortable with that. Like it didn't worry them. And they just what? kind of went back to bed. Like, it just they just went back to bed. And then when they woke up in the morning, they both ran in my room when they would wake up normally at, like, 7. And I was there. So they figured it was a dream until I brought it all up years later. And then my dad never wanted to talk about it. But my mother, well, she also didn't want to talk about it either. But recently, like I said, she verified that that did happen. So I can't explain it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I've I've accounted this uh, to uh, MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network. I've made a report with them um, and their Philadelphia chapter here. Um, even though it's been decades later, um, they still accept cases of all kinds at all times, and I counted my story. And they told me that there's hundreds of cases that are similar to that. So that spawned my interest into aliens or extraterrestrials or other worlds or whatever you want to call it. Um, So I've had that experience. And since then, there's been many times where I'll see different colored lights in the sky and different, and again, it's not planes because I usually have someone with me and weird things always happen. Lights flicker, um, there's been a few times where I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I do see a being at the foot of my bed and it would be what you would term or what you would say it would look like, you know, the little gray aliens that you see on the movies and things like that. But they're Uh more in a, more in a robe. Okay. Are you dreaming? I used to think I was dreaming. Um, but then there's other things that I can remember that prove that it wasn't a dream. Um, like I remember my cat jumped on my bed at one time and it was, if that was a dream, it would have woke me up because when something touches you and then I realized that it was real and then they would fade back into the shadow in the corner of the room. And I used to think that was like very bizarre. But then as I started to go to different groups, because there's actually groups that you can meet 
um, where people have had experiences and they want to talk about it anonymously or they want to try and get it off their chest, but they don't know who to talk to. Other people have had similar experiences like that. And then I've listened to other paranormal shows um, throughout the years, and I've heard many stories that are similar to that. So it's kind of like the same old thing, but this was all happening to me before this kind of subject was popular. Like, Vera, you'll know, years ago, there there would never be a show like yours. You know, I think there was only, like, one radio program, and I never even knew it existed. Um, I know, yeah. That radio, that, like, um, like, the Art Bell Show or the Coast to Coast yeah. AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was decades ago, and I never knew that. I never listened to that when I was little. So, And I wasn't one to listen, watch movies that were like that or anything. So it's not like I was a little kid and I was subject to this type of, you know, genre, and then I overactively imagined what happened to me. That's not how it happened. This happened to me, and then I discovered all of this stuff. So how do you account for that? You know, it's easy for somebody to say, oh, you made it up or you, you misinterpreted something, but how do you make up something before you even know it exists? So and it's you know what's interesting? To... It is it is hard to explain, but it's interesting because now with the Internet and all this uh, communication devices, you'll find that there's a similar stories all around the world. Mm-hmm. Right, everywhere. People... Uh, some of the yeah. most amazing cases that I learned come from Brazil and Japan, and some of the, the cases, some of, the, of those are incredible. I mean, people being beamed up literally without putting a joke in here anywhere. But in Brazil, I know recently they've always been having problems with um, the people that still live in some of the, the hutted villages on the outskirts. Literally, a beam of light comes down, and they start flying up in the air. And families have lost children, and it's it's actually quite a very um, touchy subject over there. Um, so it, it gets very bizarre. And again, the weird thing is, and everybody always asks me this: Do you think it, it's alien? And I don't know. I I know our government and the military does some really amazing, interesting things. And who's to say that it's not man-made? But for what reason? I wouldn't even be able to get in to tell you. You know, uh, it's it's. I don't think there'll ever be answers. Again, that's almost like the same thing that I said the last show I was on with you about the ghosts. I don't think there'll ever be answers that'll ever satisfy everyone. So, but it's strange. You know, even though it's as popular as it is now with all the UFOs and everything, I was talking to my best friend Chris earlier, and when you when you bring up UFOs, a lot of people don't even care. Like I asked her one day, we were getting this heated debate. Like, if aliens landed on your lawn, in your yard, what would it do to you? And she literally looked at me and said, nothing. I would yell at them to get out of my yard and pick somebody else's because she just wants to get on with her day. Um, It wouldn't affect her life. (laughs) But with me, I'd be like, I'd run inside, put the tinfoil on my head, and bow down to them like they're God because I've always wanted something like that ever since it happened. I would love to know that there's something else out there. But right. It's interesting. So do you it's think amazing they've ever that you're like, doing like picked up? Do you think they've ever like picked up somebody and like brought them up there, and then like never brought them back to the same place? Like they accidentally dropped them off somewhere else across the you know the world. You know he's supposed that to be dropped suck. off in Milwaukee, but they dropped him off in like Budapest, and he's like, what What am I doing here? You know, and they're like they're like maybe we accidentally dropped them off in the wrong place. You know. Oops. <laughs> 
That would, about John? That would be He's bad. better. <laughs> as long as everyone dropped me off somewhere without my cell phone, and as long as it's in good weather, I wouldn't mind. So, wow. As long as that's, I'd be able to call for a ride or tell somebody, hey, I'm in Japan right now. I don't know how I got here, but can you send me money so I can get home? Yeah, so, I'm pretty sure it was alien. I, uh, but I'm just doing... I'm, what? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so more fun man jokes. Yeah, that's, that's just my humor. was you. You. You know, remember. Phoenix, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Are, are you hearing her? Uh, very, very broken up. I'm only hearing bits and pieces, unfortunately. Okay, so it I'm hearing you. You're really hearing me. It probably really is that snowstorm. Yeah. It probably really is that blizzard that she's in. Okay. So. Vera, are you there? I'm a it's, it's weird. It, what? It seems to come and go. There you go. Are you, Vera, do you like think I'm a lizard? About, if we talk about aliens, you every time we talk about aliens, it gets, like, messed up. <laughs> Well, yeah, and again, she is in Roswell, and I'm very jealous that she's there. I've never actually gotten to visit there, but it's, you know, a a crazy place. Yes, and and I don't care what anybody says. Something definitely happened there. Absolutely. To cover it up this long, it couldn't have been a weather balloon. That's for sure. And even if it was war-related, it's been so long, whatever happened has to have been declassified by now. So I don't see any reason for all the secrecy unless it definitely was something that nobody can really, really handle. Otherwise, they would have talked about it by now because it would have been easier to put it all to rest by now than to keep the legend going. Oh, absolutely. So, and the fact that so a major, it. a major like Jesse Marcel had to take the rap for it, a major, a major. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's know. also as bad as the, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Rendlesham Forest case in England. Um, I'm not. That's a whole... Another story I don't even want to get into because I know I'll get all the facts wrong, but if anyone Googles Rendlesham Forest, it'll pop up. Um, that You should try and get a couple people involved in that uh, on your show because that is an amazing, amazing story and it is still ongoing. It had to is this the one on the with, military base with the light floating around? Yeah, yeah, over in England, and they had supposedly nuclear... Um, yeah. arsenals there and it was a big secret but then there was uh, a lighted craft out in the forest yeah. and they have it on audio that they went out there but then exactly. the government saying that it was all a test it was all hypnotic testing but nothing right. matches up with all this story and today they're still debating whether like what really happened so right. that's that's like our modern day roswell so that's something true. that's true strange and, really uh, happened there and there was there was there was uh US soldiers actually stationed there. Those are the ones right, that were involved yeah. in it. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was our American base, but it was even mm-hmm. the um the even the Ministry of Defense in England tried to get to the bottom of it and they were all like they're all wrapped up in red tape uh with it as well. No one can seem to get to the bottom of it. It's like it just never happened, but yet the people that were involved are very well alive. And they love talking about it. So yeah, they if do. You Google them. Yeah. You should be able to contact some of them. I'm sure they would love to have another platform to. That'd be a good call. That'd be a good what one. Happened. Yeah, so. and they they still have like a uh, like energy like where they actually. Uh, oh uh, yeah, where the craft or whatever the, the device was in the exactly. forest. Yeah, nothing. The no. forest station doesn't grow there. 
Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, there's there's still like radiation there of some type. Um, so I mean, many amazing unexplained things. Like just the other day, um, I saw that a metal ball about a foot wide and weighing over 13 pounds uh, just fell from the sky in Nambia. Yeah, you know what? I saw the and I don't know anything about it. So what happened? Uh, it just fell. It just, they just, it came out of the sky and fell. Uh, the authorities took it. It was literally, uh, if you Google that, that's all over the news right now. They have a picture of it. It's It's a very round sphere that literally um, they were able to take it and they thought maybe it was a weapon of some sort or something from a satellite, but NASA has apparently said that it's not part of anything from ours. Um, And it's two metal halves that literally look like it was fused together in the center. And it's hollow. There's nothing in it. Um, And they haven't been able to break it open. But they said the alloy is definitely man-made, but they don't know where it came from. But if you Google it, uh, I found out that this incident has happened over 13 other times over the course of the past 10 years in different parts of the world. So no one knows where these giant metal balls are coming from. Uh, It's not a weapon, and if it is, it's not working. But But it's 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 elements from the Earth? Yeah, it's just falling. Like It just came out of nowhere and fell into the desert. And but people from happen Earth. to just see Earth, it. But from the sky? Yeah, because for the, I think, 24 hours or 48 hours prior to that, there were massive explosions heard coming from the sky, but then nothing. And then it was a sunny day, and this thing just fell. And they saw it, so people went to it, and then they called the authorities there, and then they took it from there, and that's how you got it all over the Associated Press now. So it's all these weird, weird things happen. Now, that might not be UFO-related, but it's just to show you how strange things do happen in this quote-unquote normal world. And the people like like Dahlia was talking about, like she was saying she's not one of the herd, or as my friend always, she hates this term, she's a teacher, and she hates when I call her part of a sheeple. And it's not to be meant as... Uh, something to be rude, and it's not meant to be um, something that is to make anyone upset, but you have the normal world that everybody starts to think of, um, the average 24-7 world that we're in. And a lot of times people think that you were, um, the reality that you're in is that's all there is, but there's a lot more to it. So the term uh, sheeple would be, you know, people think that, you know, you're sheep and you can't think outside the box. And sometimes you have to. And and when you look outside the box and you get away from the herd, then you can start to see things in a whole different light. And you start to see that there's all these strange, high strangeness going on, like these metallic balls coming from out of nowhere or the red rain that falls in India every year or just strange things that just happen in this world. And as, Dahlia was talking about as the years go on, stranger and stranger things are happening. So is there a direction that we're going in? I mean, does it lead into something? It's many, many things to think about. So, uh, for instance, there's a lot more paranormal cases. Um, There's a lot more paranormal cases that are happening right now. And 
there's never been so much high strange activity in our lifetime until now. So we're living in a very intoxicatingly amazing time period because so much stuff is happening. And you got to think about years, people years ago weren't experiencing this kind of stuff as much as we are now. So it's like, what direction are we going? And like Dahlia was talking about crystal children and indigo children and things such as that. And when I was told I was indigo and then I had my near-death experience after my stroke a year ago, and then I started, just like when she talked about her NDE without repeating it, I wouldn't need to because if anyone heard of the first hour, it's exactly what I went through. Um, I felt a telepathic communication to something. Um, and basically, it's, it's, it's just an amazing thing. And I didn't want to uh, let it go. And I didn't want it to stop. And the voice that I heard let me talk to something. And I was able to communicate with something that was blissful, that was beautiful. I don't know if I would call it God. I do believe in a creator, but I just like to use the term creator because when you say God, you limit it to Christianity or Catholicism. And I'm very open-minded. I believe something created everything. It had to. The universe is too beautiful to think that it was all dust that just collided. But everyone has their own version of their deity that created everything. And that's beautiful, too, because there's so many different people on this planet of every different race, creed, and color. Why should there only be one religion? Why should there only be one deity? So I would think if I created everything, I would want to make myself look like you, so you will accept me. So I think whatever created everything appeals to everyone in their own way. Uh, just if everyone could just get along about that, I think there'd be a lot less misery in this world. But um, when it comes to the indigos and crystals and things, I was told that I was indigo. And then after the stroke that I had, um, and I could hear the voices, and I was receiving channeled messages from somewhere, um, I was told that I went from a indigo vibration to a crystal vibration again, didn't mean anything to me until I was able to meet some very interesting people via Facebook that explained this to me. And then I realized that I was going through what they call the ascension. And everyone will be going through it in their own time, in their own way, if they just open up their mind to all of that type of stuff. And again, it doesn't have to be hokey, cheesy science fiction because it's more of a spiritual nature. Um, It's more of just... Raising your vibration so that basically you become one with the world, which has been taught by many cultures, Indian cultures, Native American cultures, Asian cultures. Um, they've always talked about oneness with the planet and how the planet is a living being named Gaia. And that if you appreciate the planet that you're on, the planet will appreciate you. And it's all one with the universe because like she was also saying, we're, you know, space dust. Uh, we have a little bit of space dust in us. Everyone does, and it's amazing, and that's why when you look to the stars, people get, like, butterflies in their stomach or something because you're connecting to where we really came from, and it's an amazing thing. So if aliens were coming here, and I firmly believe with this vast universe and all of these amazing planets that they're discovering all the time, eventually there's going to be life somewhere in the universe, but it doesn't mean that it has to be right around the corner from us. But to think that we're the only living creatures in this vast place that's out there is yeah, very, exactly. very narrow-minded. So, yeah, it's a bit, very, very eccentric. 
very egotistical to think that we're <laughs> Yeah, I think we are stepping away from that, and, and that's part of the change going through. You said it beautifully. Um, Dahlia, are you on the air with us? I am. Can you hear me? Yes. What do you think about Hello, all this? Hello, Hello. I love listening to this. I'm sitting here, um, you know, just kind of taking it all in, and I I love it. I mean, the ascension, when he was talking about moving in from indigo to crystal, that's that's really true. It's all about the energy and the vibration, people changing when when you start to raise the vibration you start to to get into that feeling of harmony bliss and the connectedness of it i don't know how to explain that other than um if you know any of you all saw the movie avatar that's mm. what i envision yeah. in a way you know us being all connected and being able to feel and actually sense each other. So you work as a group rather than just each person for themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does so when, to me. When you, <laughs> yeah, when you move into that crystal vibration like you're talking about, it's kind of like, um, you know, our personality as humans is to be in the human body and experience, and we are all you know, focused on, you know, what we're going to do and what we're going to accomplish and all of that kind of stuff. Um, When you start moving into that crystal vibration, it's really about being. It's just being Mm -hmm. here and being connected and um, accomplishing things, no doubt, but and manifesting things, but more for the the whole or the group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a good way. And it feels... uh, It it feels... um, more, you know, it feels happier inside. You know, I came in contact with a lot of people when I was doing interviewing for People Magazine, and one of the the things that I was noticing is people at the, like, pinnacle of their career, making all this money or being successful and just coming in contact with people that weren't happy. And Mm -hmm. when, when we're just being and really connecting with each other, that can be one of the most fulfilling things. Most most humans are really just seeking connection. So I feel like that that crystal vibration is, is where we're headed. So I, I was really feeling that when you were talking about that, Phoenix. Yeah, thank you. Um, one of the things that I actually wanted to talk to you about, and it's good that you're oh. on, is I've <laughs> lost the connection um, that I had with, when I was receiving the voices and the channelings and I was doing things on Facebook, I was being able to tell people certain messages. I was getting certain Mm -hmm. loving vibrations and certain feelings that I just expressed. Mm -hmm. And then one day it just all went away and like I was waiting to hear the voice and I was waiting to make the connection again and it just seemed severed. But a lot of things happened in, in my life that mm-hmm. it all changed, and hmm. I, I just don't know what happened with all that, and I don't know how to get it back. Oh, oh! So you haven't gotten it back? No. Um, the, the last channelings that I basically had was uh, quite a few months ago, and 
I just haven't been able to make that connection again. But oddly enough, there was a lot of personal things happening in my life. Um, I had met a new love, um, and she took over every thought and every being that I had in me. And okay. and I, I'd like to think maybe that had severed it because she wasn't into those types of things and I really wasn't getting involved mm-hmm. into the spiritual aspect again. I kind of, I guess, I, I kind of let it go. And okay. maybe that had something to do with it. But hmm. uh, sadly enough, she's no longer um, a part of, of mm-hmm. me. So I mm-hmm. I kind of feel empty again and I, I wish to have hmm. that connection again. So I don't know. I don't know if it was something that was just meant to be for a while anyway, uh, the spiritual-wise, um, because the, the, the voices that I was uh, getting, the voices that I was getting from everything, it, the name was Serene. I know the being's name was Serene. And okay. I never actually was able to establish where or this being was from or whether it was my subconscious because I talked to a few people that do channeling professionally and they told me that it's not always an outside force. Sometimes it could be Mm -hmm. the internal you, your subconscious brain, another Mm -hmm. part of you that just wants to emerge. And Mm -hmm. um, I never really was able to make the complete connection, but it seemed to be coming more and more. And I was able to get many amazing mm-hmm. thoughts and messages that were definitely not coming from my mouth because it wasn't my frame of thinking and everyone around me noticed that. And then one day it just wasn't there anymore. So Yeah, I I think that if we were to go into this a little bit deeper, we may not want to do it on air. You feel free to contact me outside of this. Oh, right, yeah, definitely. About it. But I, I definitely feel like you... Um, there was something that that happened, and I'm I I don't um, I don't know, but I feel like that there was that this woman was a huge distraction for you, and and I feel that she she upset you in some way, um, and it be, and you began to question and doubt yourself. Is that true? Uh <laughs> She's listening, and I still do love her and oh, care for her, so I don't want to okay. completely make it all bad. Well, there were other yeah, factors so... to our relationship that didn't work, but no, she yeah, was very supportive yeah. of me. Um, but but there, were, well, there were other people in my life that made me doubt, though. Sure. Uh, I, so actually, I, I uh, yeah, so there, there were factors to that. I wouldn't exactly say it was her, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, as on a positive side of it, I would say that, um, you know, I can see where you – are um, maybe you just got kind of separate or disconnected from this connection, inner knowing, but you mm-hmm. can get it back. I sense that you are on the path to getting it back. Um, and it won't be like you're channeling. It'll be like you are getting the information directly. I'm not a real I'm not I'm not going to pass any judgment on channeling but I often feel like people you know don't know what they're dealing with when that when that's going on and really mm-hmm. the, the the most important thing to know is that you have the direct connection you don't have to go through anybody else or channel any beings you have right. the connect, you know the connection so you can get it back and it may just be that that person that Serene person that you were, you know, um, talking to, 
was only supposed to be here for a little while. And there's another, there's some, there's some really higher um, guides that are coming in for you. So I feel like that that's going to be happening. Thank you. That it sounds pretty much what I was thinking myself, and mm-hmm. it's very similar to what I was. I tell people when they ask me how can I see their loved one that passed or how can I make a connection like that? And I told them that anybody can do it. Everyone has that ability. A psychic is not really a psychic. A lot of people will be mad for me for saying that, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Everyone has Mm -hmm. the ability inside them to make connections Mm -hmm. to quote-unquote unseen forces or outside Mm -hmm. of this dimension, but not everyone's open-minded. And I think a lot of people do get messages daily. They just shrug it off as a stray thought or, mm-hmm. oh, why did that pop in my head or something? And they're not open-minded enough to actually understand what they're listening or what their their mind is telling them. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's kind of along the same lines. Have you made connection or do you work with, I know you do a lot of medium work, but do you work with the angelic realm? Uh, yes, that was the other thing. Um, okay. In my near-death experience, when I, when I awoke, there was a being of light in the in the mm-hmm. um, the hospital room with me, and yeah. I was talked to by a nun. And when I had left the hospital, I wanted to thank the nun because she came in every night to talk to me. And when I told mm-hmm. the doctors, could you please tell me who this was so I could thank them, they told me there was no nun in that wing of the hospital. We don't know who wow. you talked to. So, but this person came in every night and held my hand and talked to me until I fell asleep. And um, because at that point I was very worried because I was in there for a stroke, Mm -hmm. but eight different doctors couldn't figure out why I was having it or what was happening, and it became a real big Mm -hmm. month-long ordeal. And and I was getting really upset that I wasn't going to be able to leave anytime soon. And um, Mm -hmm. I was never really also one for uh, believing in angels. And then after Mm -hmm. that experience happened, um, the being of light, ejected light to the sides of them, which would have created the illusion or the effect of like a very iridescent um, winged type of entity. And when that happened to me, um, I started to, every other thing that happened in my life, the word angel came up. Um, I would start to see shows with angels. I would start books would just be right in front of me at Barnes and Noble that said angels or something. And then I started to work with that. And then um, mm-hmm. someone had mm-hmm. done uh, a card reading with me and then, and then was able to assess that um, supposedly everyone has their own particular angel. And mine was uh, the Archangel Metatron. And, oh, okay. Uh, I, I, and since then, a lot more things have happened. And I was told to start lighting a white candle and, and try to communicate with that. And just think about that. And then I started to get into, um, I started to get visions of um, a a very interesting geometrical um, design, which I later Googled and found out that it was called a Merkaba. And I started to get all of these different um, thoughts and geometries and things in my head. And Mm -hmm. I never had an interest in that before. So it felt like literally like someone was downloading information into my brain. Yes. Although that really makes me sound more psycho than than I probably (laughs) No, I know. You're you're talking my language here. This is exactly what happened to me. Exactly. So it's amazing. 
Yeah, that's the source field of creation, that that perfect geometric structure I was talking about. Um, You were, yeah, you were getting in alignment with that. So um, I definitely feel Metatron, but I feel Archangel Michael around you, specifically Mm -hmm. tonight. Um, yeah, I when I was working in my paranormal field, everybody would give me medals of Archangel Michael because I had to do a few deep possessions a few times, and and we would always call on, on him. So. I I definitely feel him, and he's one of the ones I work with. So he's kind of like just telling me to tell you that to call on him more to work with you, um, and to raise your vibration to the point where you are going to not only get back that connection, but it feels like it's going to be a deeper connection um, with all of this new energy that's coming in uh, for Ascension. So you'll be helping a lot of people. Yeah, you're going to be helping a lot of people, so. Very nice to hear. And I'm sorry, Vera, I have, like, wasted your whole show by babbling on in the conversation again. Oh, my gosh, no. (laughs) We did that last time. You asked me one question, and then the whole show went by, and I'm really, really sorry. He's a great guest. I mean, what a perfect interview. You just sit there. He could, I hope you're drinking over there and having a party. I would love to be. <laughs> I'll have a toast to all of you for Christmas. I was connected three times, so it was, it was perfect. So much. Thank you so much, Dahlia, for being here with us tonight. Phoenix, thank you so much as well. You're we welcome. Thank you. Uh, but before we go, I'm gonna end the show with your with your song till the end of time, which wow. I really enjoyed. Hopefully, it goes through with uh, with the right connection and everything. And thank you to our listeners for being tonight here with us. Just all the uh, <clears throat> call it whatever technical difficulties, bad reception, <laughs> energy of well health. Thank you so much for listening. I know. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, hopefully, we'll make it. Well, I'm not saying hopefully. We'll make it. Be back home to Austin. And we'll keep in touch. Next Friday, we're talking about DNA activation. So you don't want to miss that. We have a wonderful guest for next Friday. Everyone, have a good night. And this is Phoenix Kelly, song till the end of time.
Man, Vera Martinez, we're out.